All right, we are now recording. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Economics Podcast with Ashish. Um, I am Riley, which I've been on. And today we're going to be talking about inflation. And I think Ashish has some very interesting articles that we've been discussing to talk about. Um, And I think he wanted to talk about the expansion of the money supply and how pent-up demand is driving inflation. So there's a... uh... Sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you. Oh, no, I was just saying, on that note, you can start going and I'll ask questions as you start. All right. Uh, so, yeah, today we will be talking about the, um, the bad I word uh, called inflation that no one really wants to talk about because it's, it's bad. Uh, first of all, I again, um, this is not financial advice, obviously, because we won't be talking about securities or anything like that. Uh, but secondly, uh, the the opinions expressed by myself and Riley are solely our own and are not linked to any institutions um, or, or companies that, that could be potentially involved here. Um, so uh, on that disclaimer note, uh, let's get into it. So, uh, first of all, I, I think there are sort of, there's, there's, there's two definitions of inflation that we should talk about, right? And the, the, the first, uh, definition is what everyone knows inflation to be, and that is just an increase in the price of commodities, right? Uh, when we say that there's price inflation in a pencil, that means that a pencil that a pencil that cost a dollar this year costs a dollar and five cents next year. That's a five percent inflation price-wise. Um, the more technical monetary definition is uh, expansion of the money supply. Essentially, when uh, more money is printed. Um, and thus given out to um, individuals, right? Uh, one, of, one of the purposes for increasing the, um, or expanding the money supply is to provide more capital for individuals to you know, start businesses or grow businesses or create new products, whatever the case may be. So there's sort of a, our technical definition of banking sector inflation, and then there's the what everybody kind of knows um, in terms of you know price inflation and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, th- those are the the two um, definitions of inflation. Now, uh, what does that have to do with the podcast today? Uh, so. I, I think all of us have noticed that there has been an influx, whether it be, you know, the Federal Reserve um, buying up ETFs or types of bonds or, you know, just printing more money. Uh, there's been an influx in the financial sector of, of money in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. But on the, on the congressional side, there's also been this uh, influx of cash through, you know, 
stimulus checks and the earned, the earned income tax credit, which will materialize, I, I think, July 15th, those start coming out. Uh, and there have been multiple rounds of stimulus, right? Stimulus going to various entities, you know. There's the there's the PPE. I think it's PPP loans for small businesses. Um, there's the CARES Act. There's the the Recovery Act stuff that came out in March. So there's been like two to three rounds of stimulus uh, having gone to businesses and individuals and uh, the financial sector. Um, so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of money going around. There's an interesting fact. Um, Riley, if you could pull up the, if you could screen share that. I, I don't know if you can, uh, but I can survey. I, I can talk about it regardless. The, um, the, in the first seven months of 2020, the 37% uh, of the money supply was printed. And what that means is basically, you know, if there's $20 trillion in the economy um, that's being saved or being used to buy and sell things or being used to invest, whatever the case may be, um, that means that uh, roughly, actually more than about $6.7 trillion worth uh, were printed in the first seven months of the year, uh, which... That that's just a mind-boggling statistic. Now, uh, I, I I think that before we go any further into what, uh, so we've already sort of established why there is inflation, right? Because you've seen this expansion of the money supply, and also you know if you give checks to people, um, especially those that are not in the best financial standing, um which is who you would ideally give checks to, right? You, you don't want to give checks to people that um, don't need it. But if, if you give checks to people that need it, they're going to spend it. And what ends up happening is that you, you increase this, you increase the demand for stuff so much so that the, the sort of, the, the sort of, whether it's pent-up demand from, being locked down for 12 months or it's this inflationary pressures of getting stimulus checks right the um there's a limit to production capacity so once there's this increase in demand for services then you know that there's only so many raw materials that can be produced or and all that kind of stuff so in order for more raw materials to be produced, the raw material company has to place, uh, has to invest more, which means that the person or the company buying the raw materials has to pay more in costs. And basically it goes all the way down to back to the consumer um, in order to meet this high demand. So as the demand gets higher and, you know, Every step of the supply chain has to produce more than its current capacity. It has to increase its costs in order to produce more. And these costs are basically, you know, what, what's the what's the proper term of phrase here? They're basically handed down through the value chain, ultimately to the consumer. Uh, so there are a couple of couple of examples of this, uh, Riley. I, I'm wondering if 
first of all, if you have any questions, because I've rambled on for some time here, but also um, if, if you have any ability to, well, actually I can do that, right? I can screen share, uh, hold on. Um, or you yeah. can do that either. I doesn't really matter. Okay. Uh, so that all sounds very good. Um, and I think I really like the direction you're talking about inflation. And I think there was an interesting article you had talked about that we had discussed on um, building materials and pri the price rise going across that and sort of how inflation relates to that. Um, I know you were thinking about screen sharing. The only thing is that might be a little bit difficult, but if you would like to go ahead and do that. But um, I think that it would be really interesting to talk about that whole building materials and maybe go into more specifics of that. Yeah, no, that, that's actually one of the more interesting places where inflation is at. And I am currently, there's another article that I want to talk about in regards to this too. Um, so, the, so anyway, um, essentially what's happened is that because of the influx of money in the banking sector, whether it be the, the Federal Reserve or whatnot, right? There's a bunch of cheap money floating around in the market, which means that people that weren't particularly affected by the pandemic, you know, uh, or maybe they were, but you would assume if people are taking out large mortgages, they weren't particularly affected by the pandemic. Um, you've got... Uh, so, so you've got this demand for um, more homes because of the availability of cheap money going around, low interest rates, and you know the actions of COVID nineteen, the the this sort of response to COVID nineteen, um, funneling more money into the financial institutions so they can lend more, right? Um, and as they lend more. Um, especially in the low interest rate climate that the Fed has set up. Um, you've got a lot of money at very low interest rates going to borrowers who look at that and say, hey, this is our first chance to own a home. Um, so, you, you again, the demand for new housing uh, has really gone up. So, what... what that's sort of where we set the table at, right? We've we've got a bunch of new people who are into the market um, and want these homes as a result of an insane amount of money that that the banks have presumably received from you know, congressional and federal reserve actions, um, combined with historically low interest rates that have been that way practically um, outside of the outside of the very onset of the 2008 session you, you you're talking about practically zero percent interest rates right so low interest borrowing and a ton of cash and huge demand for homes now uh, then we go into you know what is driving? uh material costs for for you know construction and all of that so there's this huge demand for 
home buying, right? So the response to that obviously has to be, you know, we got to build more homes. Um, and in order to do that, again, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, because if you want to build more homes, uh, you need, again, you need more raw materials because you're building more things. And in order to get more raw materials, um, whatever company supplies you with raw materials um, has to expand its production, right? Has to hire more people or, you know, invest in more machinery in order to provide you with the increased supply of raw materials if you're a construction company that you want, that you demand for in order to build this additional supply of homes. So it's now more expensive for the raw materials company, right? Because they have to hire more workers or, you know, just, just employ more capital in order to produce this sort of excess uh, based on the, the demand from the construction company. And the demand from the construction company is linked to, you know, the, the sort of demand for more housing. So the, the, the costs for the raw material producers go up, which are then passed down to the construction company. So the construction company has to pay X percentage more for materials. Uh, I, I can actually uh, read some of these numbers off because they're absolute nuts. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, okay. So uh, steel mill prices from, from, you know, about March, 2020. And by the way, uh, the, 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 the interesting thing about the construction prices is that, you know, a lot of people are saying this is as a that the price inflation is sort of cancels out the deflationary effects of the pandemic, uh, which don't seem to be borne out in this market. Um, and here's why. People didn't stop buying, you know, materials because of the pandemic. That's actually one of the sectors that did quite well in spite of the pandemic. Um, for example, steel mill product prices, I have the, have the graph up here. They've actually been on a steep decline since about January 2019, all the way through like April, right? Um, but through April of this past year. So you've got January 2019, it starts cratering, and then January 2020, it, it's basically on the same downward slope, uh, except when you look at the graph here, January 2021, uh, there is this ridiculous incline from about, ooh, like what, 180? Uh, what, what is the, what is the number? Uh, uh, I, I think it's $180 per, per some amount of steel. And now the price, and probably even higher at this point, uh, is around 265. So that kind of price increase, the, what is it? Um, like just huge price increases in steel mill, steel mill 
product. Um, we can also look at lumber prices. I think uh, lumber prices, there was an 88.5% increase between April and September 2020. Uh, and then it, it just, you, you can yeah, ready mix concrete. There, there are so many different products where you see uh, ridiculous increases, and not only like month over month, but year, uh, year over year. And just to be clear, again, th this is not some sort of natural response to a 12-month lockdown where people weren't buying steel mill products or lumber, and therefore they had to, you know, reduce the prices. And then as people started buying things again, the prices went up. No. Uh, the, the the trend of downward pricing um, has actually been, uh, in, in a lot of cases, whether it's softwood lumber or steel mill products or, you know, uh, other, you know, other goods, um, the downward or sort of constant trend started a couple of years prior to 2020, and it is only in the middle 2020 to the beginning of 2021, where we've seen this just massive crater, like increase in the price of these goods. So this is, I mean, if, you, if I wish everybody could see the graph, but if, if you look at the graphs, this isn't just, you know, because of the pandemic. This has to be because of just a massive increase in demand, which I think you can link back to. There's a lot of money in the banking sector, and it has been lent at historically low rates because the Fed has kept, the Federal Reserve Bank has kept their interest rate at uh, very low rates for a, about 20 years, right? So um, that's very interesting. Um, now, uh, by the way, Riley, if you want to ask any questions or get in. Oh, uh, yeah, I just, I quickly wanted to ask. Um, yeah, I could totally see how, like, the whole home improvement business isn't necessarily going to be dropping off during COVID. Um, you're sitting at home. What else are you going to do? Spend your money on improving your home. Um, and that really came in when you got stimulus checks as well. But I guess my question was that you said that a big cause of this is the low interest rates from the feds, if I'm not mistaken. And so what is your take on these low interest rates by um, the federal government? Do you think this is a good thing for the markets, a bad thing? Or do you think it was good and sort of kind of took a bad turn? Okay, so um, low interest rates is always good for the markets. But um, the, the markets, and you will see this throughout history, um, financial markets tend to want to be isolated from the real world um, in that they like to go up whether or not the, the world economy is going up or down. Uh, so do I think the low interest rates are good? Uh, especially now, no. Um, look, the, the sort of, based on the technical definition of inflation, which is the expansion of the money supply, right? Lending more money to people, just in general. Um, 
as a as a sort of you know normal way to look at it. The the only way to sort of combat inflation is to increase the interest rate, and this makes logical sense, right? If you want less money being lent out, because again, the, the lending out less money is sometimes a good thing because you want like money to have value again. This is the this is the common retort I have to people would say. Yeah. We could go on, we could go to like Mars or some other planet and each have $40 trillion worth of gold. Well, I mean, that, that's cool and all, but if everybody had $40 trillion worth of gold, it would be worth nothing because there's no, there, there's no you know, scarcity or like, value in exchange. So, um, Again, this is why you can't really just print your way, print like money and solve your problems that way because you're div- you're devaluing the currency by adding more to the pot. Um, but again, in some cases, it is useful if if that actually leads to like more productivity and more business growth and all that stuff. Um, but so the going back to your question about whether um, low interest rates or whether I think low interest rates are good, um, again, it, it depends on the circumstance, but I, I, I generally think that given enough time and given enough money pumped into the system, see, uh, one of the reasons why low interest rates has worked out well for such a long time is because banks post 2008 have refused to lend to small businesses or any kind of risky client. And combined with that, few people actually like have been in demand for bank loans, whether it be from a business perspective or personal loans, right? So they're like, you know, usually low interest rates drive more people to you know, get loans, but that hasn't really materialized until uh, this current moment. So um, I don't think it'll end well. Um, generally, I don't think you can keep interest rates this low for this long of a period of time, along with, you know, the federal government injecting as much money as it has into the economy, and there not being some kind of inflationary result. Um, and so I, I think that the the sort of purpose of the interest rate is to ensure that the cost of money is such that, you know, you're not inflating the currency. Um, but I don't think the Fed has really done a good job of putting a control on that. And now because, you know, now because of the stimulus checks and the the sort of demand for housing, I think in 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 time uh, this is going to lead to some sort of problematic long-term inflationary crisis. Although you know, I could be very wrong on this. I am particularly concerned about the home buying market 
Uh, I think, you know, again, there is this glut in supply. In fact, month over month, new home starts, which means, you know, people building new homes is down 10%. And the reason for that is because of the material cost, you know, construction companies, because they can't afford the material costs, um, are building fewer homes. And what that's doing is like the homes on the market are more valuable because there's a scarcity of them, right? So you've got all of these factors that are leading to a just a skyrocket in the price of homes and the amount of money people are taking up on mortgages. And I don't think it's going to end very well, um, especially with you know the interest rates on these these mortgages are primed to go up soon enough. Um, so yeah, more expensive mortgages financed at higher rates is never a good thing. Uh, so again, the fallout from all this, nobody knows yet because we've we've just started to see the effects. But I think there are going to be legitimate problems nationally in the um, home buying industry. And I think that could that could ripple to retail, but I don't know if it will. Um, but I, I think specifically in home buying and perhaps in other industries, uh, we're, we're going to, there's a reckoning that will come, in my opinion, um, as a result of you know, a period of historically low interest rates and just bad incentive structures in general. Yeah, okay, cool. That does answer my question. And I believe I cut you off right before you're going to talk about something else. So if you'd like to continue on to that, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I, I actually forget. Um, if, if you have any other questions, you can go ahead. No, actually, that's all I have. Um, if you have anything else you would like to add, I think that was super helpful and interesting as far as like talking about inflation and the specifics of it and general trends. So yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll add one more thing. Uh, there's been some interesting behavior in terms of uh, what people have decided to do with their stimulus checks. Um, so there's obviously been this sort of, I, I, I think the sort of month over month from March to April growth in like retail goods sold has been with like 10%. Uh, 10.7%, which is just nuts, right? A 10.7% increase in the sales at retail, retail stores. That, that's just crazy. And I think that you can attribute that to um, people spending their money. But it, it seems like people are also saving their money because, um, you know, there's, there is this um, the, the personal income measure. For families, it was at thirteen percent in December. It was at twenty percent in January when we saw the first stimulus round come out. It was back to twelve percent in February, and then up to twenty-seven percent in March. Um, which again is indicative of the the sort of willingness to save or pay down debt um, amongst the people that are receiving the stimulus checks. But 
Well, you, you can also see, especially based on, and it'll be interesting to see the April numbers. I will be interested to see that, along with, you know, the extension of the unemployment benefits and the earned income tax credit that I said was going to start being doled out in July. Um, I, I, I think it's good that people are saving more of their money than I expected, than I think most economists expected. But there's still been this increase in sales, increase in sales, and increase in buying of discretionary goods, which I, I think will materialize in higher prices as well. So while inflation may not be as pronounced on the retail level because of the increased level of, you know, saving amongst individuals, I think there's still evidence that people are, again, buying a bunch of discretionary things. So there will still be price inflation in that, um, in, in this sort of, I, I don't know, normal area of consumer goods. But uh, the home buying is the place where I would watch. I, I think the, the home buying stuff is getting quite concerning. Um, and though it may take a year or two or maybe even five to materialize, there are going to be problems if this kind of behavior continues. Um, from the consumer side, from the banking side, from the, you know, from just the cost of building homes. So uh, I think that is the one sector that we should really pay attention to the most. Yep, that certainly sounds quite interesting. And I think this was a pretty good episode on inflation. So thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. Yeah, right. thank you.